Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week, we'll be bringing you insights, advice, and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapors to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label. In this episode, we're joined by Sonia Lennon, fashion designer, entrepreneur, founder of Work Equal, and recently elected member of the Dublin Chamber of Commerce Policy Council to discuss the current childcare crisis facing Irish parents. It's almost like we ran at women in the workplace without thinking about the consequences. And I think we are a society built on the law of unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I know your mum worked, my mum worked. I don't know if your mum... My mum actually didn't. She was stay-at-home mum. Okay. Yeah. So um, so I remember when I was growing up, we I had all these other mummies and I'd go to other mummies' houses after school. Um, and, and, you know, you'd, you'd hang out in a neighbour's house or whatever it was. It was very informal in terms of childcare. Um, And I think that obviously uh, the the female workforce has exploded since since those days. Um, But we've never really we've never really looked at what excellent looks like. And I think that's part of the problem. It's actually uh, a question that I put to the minister recently um, talking about the vision for for gold standard child childcare, and there isn't one in the country at the moment and if you don't know where you're going any road will get you there um, so we're missing that strategic journey mapping to get from where we are now which is so flawed so ultimately flawed to something that really works and I I was at an event in um, in London and I got talking to the Icelandic ambassador to the UK. And, you know, Iceland is the most equal country in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a small country, but it's pretty perfectly formed from the outside and from the inside. They're very proud of who they are. And in Iceland, they have sustainable, affordable childcare Um which is paid for by their municipalities, mm-hmm. not not by the government per se, but by each municipality. And I said to him, what is the argument that I should bring to the government of Ireland to say we need to roll out affordable, sustainable, state-funded childcare? Mm-hmm. And he said, the bottom line. So wherever childcare is resolved, the value to the economy that is unlocked by enabling women to enter the workplace mm-hmm. outstrips the cost of providing the childcare itself. So at, at, at the very worst case scenario, you're talking cost neutral, 
At the best case scenario, you're probably looking at a bump of 20 to 30 percent to the economy. So it is an absolute no brainer. Mm -hmm. So where is it rooted? Like I personally think it has to be rooted in our kind of archaic, very Catholic sensibility of the woman's place within the home. And I suppose even the way our constitution was written, which is not it hasn't it's not an old constitution by any stretch of the imagination, but it's so rooted in that they wanted women placed in the home. Um, and even though the workforce has exploded, as you said, and we have come on so much and, and there's been so many other reforms within Irish society with regards to, you know, equal marriage rights and obviously repeal the eighth in the last couple of years. Why is childcare or even the notion of the woman's place in the workforce, why is it still so rooted in the past? So it's very hard to change what already exists. And a lot of our um, norms around the workplace are, are rooted in, in that legacy piece, which is so very flawed. Um, I think when you look at childcare as a sector, um, we have some big issues. Um, it's predominantly populated by women mm -hmm. who are not very well paid. Mm -hmm. um, we are in an economy which has a very, very warped insurance sector. So the costs of providing that childcare over and above the staffing costs and staffing shortages that are being experienced at the moment are very high. Um, and, you know, these are big bucket items that make childcare inaccessible to so many people at the moment. Um, and if you speak to you know any of the childcare providers, they will say we can't get the staff. Now, if you go in the other direction and head over to New Zealand and you look at what Jacinta Ardern has done, they recently had a landmark case where they spoke about um, they looked at all the, the kind of sectors by gender and, and, and sectors that were predominantly populated by women. And the case came back from one particular worker who was um, a care assistant. And and she felt that never mind equal work for equal pay. What about equal pay for work of equal value? And they really unpicked it. Right. And they um audited the uh, the role and the requirements of a care assistant in terms of the physical, the psychological, the emotional, all all of the requirements to do that job. And they were able to then equate it pretty much 100 percent to that of a prison guard. Oh God. And they looked at the, the discrepancy between the pay of the prison guard and the care assistant. And she, with the stroke of a pen, said, we are now going to ratify that and make it equal two state workers mm -hmm. uh, now on the same pay because they were able to statistically prove that it was the same work or as close as it could get. And of course, there was uproar uh, from the private sector mm -hmm. saying, you know, you're the state. You can choose to do this. You can choose to um, uh, create equity between those two, two payments. We're private sector. We can't do that. And she said, if you are running a business for profit and the only way that you can make profit is to pay women less than they deserve your business model is flawed and that makes so much sense mm -hmm. right so the business model of of the care system is flawed to its very core now if I rule the world and you You're know halfway there, so. <laughs> <laughs> but next week should have sorted um, you know I'd be looking at well 
I, I'm a I'm a an entrepreneur, right? So I think in lean, I think about well, how, what can how what's the easiest, quickest, fastest way that we can mm-hmm. do this, and the cheapest way to do it, you know? And and you look at um, you know what what are our facilities, what are our opportunities within the community, you know? And and actually, there's been some wonderful experiments done on intergenerational uh, care. So if we could maybe create uh, childcare facilities. In, in in our elder care system. If we could teach the elderly to mind and 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 educate the younger people and the younger people to educate the the elderly. Like how wonderful mm. would that be? You Something know? I've never ever considered before. So so what what can we do that we're not doing? How can yeah. we literally pull the whole thing apart? Because I think we really need to do that. Mm-hmm. And we need to decide, you know, that's what brilliant looks like. So with the municipal funding that's happening in Iceland, um, what happened was uh, Reykjavik decided first, OK, we're, we're going to put in place a system uh, for subvented or, or, or um, what's the word? You know, there's all these kind of uh, contributions to, to childcare so that the individual. Now, Iceland is really one of the most expensive countries in the world. I've been there. It's not for the faint of heart. But the maximum I think that you will pay as a parent for one child is something around 150 a month okay. equivalent of 150 euro a month and that's the maximum so that's like if that's you're the maximum the, yeah the top earner if you're a top earner yeah. and it's banded according yeah. to your earning yeah. and according that's right and according to your parental status mm-hmm. so if you're a mm-hmm. single parent you know and, and that makes sense yeah. because mm-hmm. it's childcare is not a one-size-fits-all situation you know yeah um, so how can you how can you create a system that's fair and just for everybody that that would be my question I think as well from my perspective obviously because I have young children I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old for me it's obviously for me to be able to work it's a necessity um but even my approach to childcare, I wasn't even approaching it from a like what kind of way can my children learn from this or like nurturing them it it's basically it was like who can mind my kids it's a function and keep them alive yeah and fed and I've slept everything while I go to work which I even think in a way it's just like that's even the wrong approach because we don't approach educate like later education that way so even and you know we all know like learning starts from the very beginning so like to even think about how we're, we're educating our children like why is there not a, an approach that you bring back the, the starting point for education even Eki which my daughter didn't qualify this year for, because like she missed it by like 20 days or something so now she's to wait another year to go in so she's going to be nearly four well she's going to be three and a half by the time she goes to to Montessori um and it's delaying education it's delaying an actual kind of structured approach to education based on has to be I suppose boiling down to money um at a government level but as you say if it actually unlocks a whole other kind of revenue stream um you know why why aren't we taking it more seriously that we actually have to do something on a on a like government or public level and also i think business has a huge role to play as well you know um if if the world of work had been designed by women in the very beginning every workplace would have a crash yeah, yeah. I you know, know? Yeah. it would just be baked in yeah a friend of mine actually used to work for RTE and they have a crash on site now it's it's privately operated but i think it was subsidized a little bit um but even just the convenience of it that she was able to just go to work and drop her child in totally, and collect yeah. them straight out you know and even if there was anything going on during the day they're just right there it's not but, like but a, a big kind of mission we see that's the other thing in in ireland 
small kids are not guaranteed a place anywhere. Oh, that's the other huge so issue. So when I was looking for a, a place for Fionn, when I was going back to work, it was like, it was impossible. Now, I was really, really lucky to get a place eventually because I put my name down on lists everywhere and um, I got a cancellation. I mean, a week before I was going back to work, basically. But you had to delay your comeback date, didn't you? Yeah, because I did. of that. I yeah. did. Yeah. And that's so stressful as a yeah. new mom, you know, to have yeah. to go through that. And it's also turning something <clears throat> that should be kind of joyful into a chore. And then you're yeah. equating kind of pain and duty and chores with your newborn child or yeah. your, your your young child. I know. It's I know. just it's just so wrong. I you and know? I, I went for a childminder because we were living away for a while and um, when we came back, it was just virtually impossible to get a crash place for a child that you haven't essentially put their name down when they're like not even in utero. Like it's like you nearly have to like before you get have the, the crash ride. place and then, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get the crash place and then and then go about your business. Um, but that's so, what people actually honestly recommend. Yeah, yeah, I know. And like I kind of when I when I was even trying to like broach it it was like kind of nearly met with like laughter like yeah. as in you eat like what are you thinking yeah and um, so I've gone down the childminder route which I'm really happy with and she's an amazing girl um or woman and and you know she is incredibly nurturing and caring and um you know a brilliant fit for us but it's actually crazy that like you can't get a crash place for your child unless you do a very prescriptive way of doing it when they're before they're born or unless you get really 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 lucky and you can't rely on luck you know it's almost like yeah. saying if I win the lotto yeah but how do you even return so like for me I was able to figure something out but say if you've been out of the workforce for a couple of years and you decide you want to go back and you're like okay right let's investigate a crash or whatever like at the first point of even you're deciding not to no, yeah so like you're kind of like and then the price is the other aspect so like you know for for me with having two children now I couldn't even afford I don't think to have both of them in a full-time crash or well I probably could for the two of them because obviously one's going to be going into Eki and you kind of you know the bill goes down but even for three children like I genuinely don't know how people afford to have more than three children and have them in full-time childcare and don't. work full-time that's, that's like, the thing it, that's a dilemma a new dilemma for, for our generation people who want to have more kids just can't yeah. because all of the sacrifices you have to make, all of the money you have to spend. And then, you know, <sighs> I mean, that's the other thing. Like every every penny that you spend on childcare is is post-tax. Mm. That's a big problem yeah. for me. Yeah. There, there should be tax breaks yeah. um, to get the economy moving, to get people into the workforce. But if you go back, say, to the the, the municipality model in Iceland, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing um, and, and Work Equal are pushing and indeed the... Uh, cross-party parliamentary committee for workplace equality which I sit on in, in the Oireachtas are pushing for um, our, our local councils to 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 pilot a scheme mm-hmm. so you know jump up there uh, Dundee Rath down or Fingal or whoever it is and 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 make make your uh, your county or your county council the gold standard and why does that make sense because there is a skills and a talent shortage out there. And if you become the magnetic draw for talent who say, well, actually, I wasn't thinking of going to Fingal to work, but now the job is there. And also Fingal County Council have put this scheme in place where I can avail of affordable, sustainable childcare. So actually, I'm going to take that job rather than going over to you know that other job over there and and it's about um th- this is why it's so important so 
I'm always really, really conscious about when talking about the problems, uh, we all know what the problems are. Yeah. So what, what are the solutions really? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, so you're just sitting here bitching. Exactly, exactly. But, but you've so, actually, like, you've really hit the nail on the head there. It's got me thinking now, especially now with with um, the possibilities of working from home. Why don't places like Longford and Sligo and um, you, you do that? Never mind a workplace yeah. hub. Yeah. Have a crash facility yeah. where people facility. at a community yeah. facility. Exactly. And also, I, I think I, I find it hard to believe that there are not people in rural communities who would love to be involved in yeah. childcare mm. and love to be involved with uh, a new system of childcare, which is community based and which is socialized. And, you know, that is why why creches work for children when they do work they work because the children are socialized and they yeah. understand how to interact together and 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 their place in the world um so there is a, there is a fantastic function there yeah there um, that can be unlocked yeah um like i am so happy with fion's crush i love seeing him develop there like sometimes he comes out with things I'm like where the hell did you get but I do um, you know you have to credit the his minders who are brilliant and they're there from dawn to dusk yeah it's long day it's a demanding job and the pay is so bad and um, you know now you can there are young women going and some men but mostly women going in and doing degrees in early childhood education, it's and getting amazing educations for them to, you know, to teach our kids, and they're not being compensated for that. So that brings me to really, really neatly to this this gender pay gap piece, yeah. which I know you want to touch on as yeah. well. Um, and when we have, uh, you know, female heavy sectors like that, um, there's a horrible sort of push me pull you situation where. Um, uh, women are attracted into these sort of caring professions mm-hmm. and then uh, the sector kind of contracts its its remuneration because because it's women heavy and it's a kind of a you're not sure which came first situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I, I, I think COVID has really taught us that these incredible workers are, are the people who we really need to value. Um, more, you know, our, our teachers, our frontline, our nurses, our carers. Um, and and so how do we how do we create a sector that's appealing? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's why there's a shortage, because it ain't appealing yeah. and 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 it's too costly to run and the talent isn't there. Mm-hmm. So so until we address those kind of causative pieces, um, it's never going to be fixed. And the thing that I'm kind of curious about, I suppose, is that even when you're saying kind of if you if you bring it to like a local government level, like my fear is that you would have certain areas that would be better and that would probably be because there would be more affluent areas. And then obviously areas that maybe weren't as well funded wouldn't have provide as good kind of care and that just even become a new kind of structure of if you're from a certain area you have better resources and access to to services and therefore you're going to avail of them go back to work blah 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 like how how do you even legislate for this do you have to bring it into education that it's basically is it or is it like its own entity like healthcare is like what way do you do that on a kind of countrywide government yeah Mm. i mean i think it should be linked to our education system yeah um and I think that's a, a really good way of, of framing it because that's what it is, right? It's, it's early years education. Um, 
And and I think that's probably the best way to democratize it. Um, I mean, like I live in the North Strand and around the corner from me is Ballybock and Summerhill. And there is the most phenomenal community center there. Um, and and for me, if there if there are places where, you know, rooms are lying empty or where they're not being fully utilized, and I know they have a very, very active uh, roster of of events uh, going on there. But but how can you how can you bring those people together? How can you unlock what already exists in, you know, and if you, you spoke about um, you're speaking about after after school care before we before we hit record and, you know, the schools are still there after school. Yeah. You know, yeah. why aren't we using them? Why yeah. aren't we unlocking that facility um, in a lean and efficient way to create after school care? Yeah. And giving people an opportunity to use their skills and talents after school with these kids. Because, of course, at the moment, there are f- some place facilities for kids to, you know, kind of just wait until their yeah. uh, parents are finished work and there's nothing to do. And they're getting bored. And then that runs the risk of, of you know, developing into antisocial mm-hmm. um, behaviours. Because that is what happens. So, like you were saying, like to use these community centres to have peop- um, these young people come after school, do something, you know, develop their own abilities, like... It would benefit everyone. It would benefit society. It would, and and back to the kind of elder piece. I I think there's definitely something in that because there was I a show actually. Did you, did you ever see that show? I think it was a Channel Four did it, where they basically brought a group of preschool children into a nursing home. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing to see how, like you were saying, what they both could gain from totally. the experience. Totally. Um, and it and it you know you kind of. It, it did well. It was a TV show, so I'm like, it didn't look that hard. It didn't look like there was obviously a lot of work going on in the background, but you know, it didn't seem to be that much of a logistical nightmare <laughs> to to get these kids in. So, you know, I I agree with you. I think it could be an amazing initiative. I mean, anything's pilot. doable if you imagine it and, yeah. and resource it. Yeah. Um, but you have to imagine it first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it's it's never going to happen. What was your experience, Sonia? So you obviously have twins who are 17 now. So. I suppose that kind of era of your life is, is long gone. Yeah, but. Well, it is still still front and centre in my brain, though. I mean, yeah. I remember it distinctly. Um, in fact, uh, <laughs> I remember Jane McDonald from the from uh, the Glass magazine saying, two things in life are certain. You will die and your childcare will leave you. <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, when I uh, when I brought the twins back, um, I had I had when I thought that I was carrying one child uh, I had uh, my husband is works in education uh, third level and uh, I had signed my one child into the Department of Education crash which is on Marlborough Street um, and I was like the cat who got the cream. I was so <laughs> delighted with myself it was amazing I'm so smug I have it sorted uh, my husband's an academic it's so cool <laughs> and then all of a sudden one became two and they couldn't take two and I couldn't pay for two at the same time yeah. I was like eh, hang yeah. on a second this completely throws everything out and I ended up uh, getting a nanny um, who is still a family friend. She's Aww. amazing. She has two of her own kids now. And we love that woman so much. Hazel Cassidy, you know who you are. <laughs> um, and uh, But I remember us looking at each other wide-eyed. We weren't sure who knew less about this task ahead of us. So how did you find her? 
because that's the other thing it's so difficult I to find childcare. Uh, you can't find some childcare on rollercoaster.ie oh, just sorry. going to plug that <laughs> <laughs> well when all of those I amazing people have I up. did <laughs> find her on rollercoaster full circle um, and uh, we, we were just we were really lucky we really liked each other she was amazing with the twins the twins adored her but she had her own journey and she did leave and um, we were devastated and I think we for a while she th- we did a, uh, a stint in um, a woman's house and it, it was traumatising. It was fine at the time because, and this is the real watch out for me. When you're busy, right, You it's back to this function thing and you're just like, it's a thing, it's a box ticked, we've done it and uh, they were staying with us. And there was something about the house I wasn't, didn't really... Something wrong with a it. Vibe. Yeah, it was it's a, vibe. a vibe. It was something I wasn't yeah. sure, and I can't remember the room for a few months anyway. And then over Christmas, uh, I remember reading. Has any, does anybody know the Olivia books? Have you come across them? Oh, they're gorgeous. Um, Olivia's a pig, um, and oh. she she has all these kind of fantasies. Um, and one of her fantasies is that she's a judge, you know, and she's there yeah. with the wig and the gown and all the rest. And we were so we were reading Olivia. Uh, with Evie and uh, she, she said what's uh, what's Olivia dressed as I said she's a judge I said she's, she's sitting in court and she's making judgments and, she, and Evie said at the age of about three or something oh like Judge Judy and I was like oh. <laughs> 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 she wasn't even getting Peppa Pig she no! was getting I was like, Judge oh Judy oh my god and so of course they were whipped out in a heartbeat you know but it's like oh Oh my God, that's so funny. And you just realise that you haven't thought about what's going on, yeah. you know? I know, that's what I mean. It's just like, can someone take my kids yeah. and keep them alive? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And be it Judge Judy is doing half the job. Who knows? <laughs> so then they went into a crash and, oh, oh no, did they go into a crash then? Oh, and then after school, oh, I am not going to paint a pretty picture for you. Oh, we no. went through a litany of the flotsam and jetsam of society is all I can say. I mean, at one stage, it was like a revolving door. They came, they went, they came, they went, they came, they went. And, you know, some of them were me saying, out. Some of them were them saying, see ya. I was just like, and the kids... Are just like spinning tops. Going, I know, and they're at the center of it, yeah, and it's horrendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. horrendous. Um, and yeah, we we settled, we settled uh, with somebody in the end who who who's great fun, great fun, um, very Latin in temperament, very dramatic, <laughs> and for after school for. Yes, so, so after school is just so tricky because it's yeah. half a job, and yeah. you have to find somebody who only wants half a job, and 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 people need to live and eat and nobody can live and eat on half a job so it's it's really difficult you know um but we we did fi- find somebody who had another half a job and you know she she was happy um to work with us but you know it wasn't perfect um nothing is but that's uh, it. it's like an intricate puzzle that oh. everyone just has to like figure out for yeah. themselves and you just put all these pieces together to make it work it's like the biggest mishmash of like yeah. a childcare mm-hmm. like it's solution. just the, the bottom line is that it would just make things so much easier for a huge chunk of society to know what you're facing like to be able to plan and know that it's going to be okay you know so when you're having a baby you know your baby has a place in a creche to know that after that there's going to be a lovely uh, after school uh, solution for them. It's as you were saying, like it's the it's just that, you know, 
it's the abyss, the mm. lack of And I think anything. Part, part of the problem is that it's still uh, predominantly the woman's problem I was to fix. just it thinking is. that it always falls on yeah. the woman. Yeah. And it's even like, you know, my own situation, like my husband is a solicitor and the nature of his job is that he works extremely long hours. And I don't even know if it's like a male, female thing because he had this job before we had kids or whatever. And I, I, I'd work in a job, thankfully, where I don't have to work into the night. Mm. Um. Of and course, actually there is know. a fantastic piece of research done on the long hours culture and how despite the many moves forward in the legal sector it is preclusive of women's progression for thing. sure. And it's yeah. a male dominated industry no matter how many or you know women they get on boards to fill their quotas or you know take them on as partners but it is predominantly you know staffed by men because there's always going to be that divide where the woman eventually has to just kind of go okay I've come to the end of it now I can't continue because I have other kind of you know responsibilities whatever that somebody needs to take accountability and it has to be me um but then that's the thing so like my job obviously doesn't end at five or six or whatever then I go home and I do the night shift with the kids and then you know we obviously share the weekends or whatever but for us like if if we were both working as solicitors one of us would actually have to have said two years ago or three years ago I bow out yeah who who's who's going forward with this and who's not because it's not sustainable mm. um and actually it never will be equitable until men share the caring duties. Yeah, that is true. Um, because when a woman presents herself at interview for a job, even if she's, you know, a recent graduate, um, the recruiter is looking her in the eye and thinking to himself, when are you going to have a baby? Mm-hmm. Um, because the burden of caring will fall on you and therefore you will be a, a greater cost to me in my hiring decision. Um, and so if, if, he, if that recruiter was looking at a man and a woman sitting in front of him knowing that either one of them was as likely to take the full parental care package that creates an equity that moves forward then it normalizes men's role in caring um, and recent research has shown the benefits to both the the father and the child of men's um, involvement in early years caring so it's we need all those pieces to come together to create real seismic change that's the only one good thing I think post-covid that we all work from home now and you know like it's allowed my husband to be visible and be at home during the week even if he is working the crazy hours still but you know even to have that like when you think back to what it used to be like it's insane that we just thought we were all going to continue and sustain this lifestyle Mm. of just like not seeing our kids and that that's okay yeah, and I, I'm I'm really fascinated as well by the 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 four day work week movement. Oh, I'm, um, very, I'm, I'm extremely fascinated. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a fantastic um, progressive move yeah. um, because you know the research research again is out there to show that you know most employees are spending upwards of fifty percent of their time in non productive tasks mm-hmm. for their employer, right? So um, if 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 we were paid by output paid by deliverables rather than two random hands going around a clock face like why are we paid by time doesn't make any sense doesn't mean you're you know I read something interesting recently that um the generation x is it the one behind millennials they're they have kind of adopted that mindset and they're they're going into the workforce now and you know saying to the boss um can I go now like I've finished work no Zed oh they're the Zed yeah Yeah, there's that okay so gen Z are like um, yeah, I've, I'm I've sorry, kind I'm of granny. I'm like, oh no, they're the Zeds. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, yeah, I've finished everything um, for the day. I mean, I know it's not five, but like, can I go? And then the boss is like, mm, but like, your hours are nine to five. <laughs> and 
like it's, it's, a, it's, it's a so supreme arbitrary. Yeah. But it's also a supreme confidence that younger generations have, which I think is amazing that I don't have. Mm. And I still see authority figures in, you know, like I saw teachers were authority figures in school. Even today we're in a different conversation. Like doctors, I still see doctors. Like if a doctor says to me, do that, I'm like, okay. Me like too. I wouldn't even question it. Mm. Yeah. Because it's this kind of like mindset of respect your elders mm-hmm. and do as you're told. And like that, the, the good girl complex that we're yeah. all, you know, brought up with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think it's amazing for somebody to be like, actually, I know my worth and mm. I'm not going to just do that because you say I have to. I mean, one of the things I always say, you know, to to women in kind of this career progression conversation, I'm like, well, you know, you need to you need to communicate your worth for starters, which women are really bad at doing. Men are much better at it. Um, and part of that is, again, about setting setting the line aside setting the vision communicating it and then sharing every step of the journey you know with your superior and say well look these are the things I'm going to focus on and I want to achieve in the next three month period um do they seem appropriate um I want to progress I want to move to the next next level is that going to get me closer um I really want to come back to you in one year's time uh, and and look for an increment in my pay, but I want to be part of an increase on the return in, uh, on investment to the company through my work. This is what my plans are. Does this work for you? Yeah, brilliant. Okay. And then I'm just coming back to you on my three monthly report. I actually, you know, superseded all of the things that I said I was going to do and added on this to the <laughs> list because you can bet your ass you'll have done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm actually going to, I'm going to take three days in lieu at the end of the month now because obviously my return is evident because I told you what I was going to do. I did it and I did more, you know, and I think we need to own that a bit now, you know, because we are, you know, all the women I know are amazing at what they do. Amazing, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think sitting back and waiting for somebody else to notice is an option anymore. Which is probably why as well this whole idea of the great resignation is happening. Yeah. That people actually are kind of starting to see their worth and just not putting up with the same stuff that they've put up with before. And then it's forcing employers to actually think, okay, how am I going to retain these people, retain talent or even attract new talent? Because, you know, people have become so savvy and picky about what they want and what they won't stand for. Um, but at the same time then, you know, we all just get bogged down in the day-to-day sometimes and... Yeah, the, the grand plans kind of go to the wayside. Yeah, and I think that's why, especially when you've kids. Yeah, yeah especially <laughs> when you've, it's, it's really hard, you yeah. know. But there's a great phrase: it's very hard to be on the dance floor and look down from the balcony at the same time. You need to take <laughs> a few steps away. Yeah, and so you know, taking a half day a month, scheduling it into your diary, using it as reflection time to think about well, what 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 for the next month. Where's my focus? What am I going to do? You know, what do I want to be able to look back in a month's time and say, yeah, I did it. And that that's really important. And I just go back again to, um, well, from, from a working mother's, oh, I, I don't know, how do we use that phrase anymore? But that point of view. Yeah, it seems really outdated. I mean, yeah, now, I the, now the is in hanging in the ether, you know working parent I don't know it's because yeah. it again it, it implies there is the onus on the mother you yeah. know yeah and because I mean there still is but going back to even that progression that sort that is happening with our generation like the our husbands and partners um are definitely more they they've been given the opportunity with the paternity leave like um now it's up to five weeks I think mm-hmm. 
which is oh, is it great. Five weeks? Yeah, yeah and there's more discretionary thing, uh, and more men are actually yeah. taking it. Because when they brought in the two weeks paternity leave what, five or six years ago, not I couldn't believe the stats. Like barely any mm. men were taking it. It was just because they were like, oh gosh, if I take those two weeks, it'll affect my career. Yeah, yeah. it's professionally and damaging these, to actually mm. seem to care about anything but your job. Yeah, <laughs> so. and then here, here are women. Going, going off on maternity leave <laughs> because, you know, we have to. And it's like, it's actually unhealthy for us not to take it. Or, or worse, men taking the parental leave and then bragging about how much golf they've played. Oh, yeah. Yes, stop. that's even, that's, mm, don't get me started. That's, but I think that's even like, for if, if you could guarantee for your child's first year of life that you would take 26 weeks even and that the other, the partner would take 26 weeks. Like it would, it would Massive. solve so many problems. It would. Massive. Um, and then you just kind of attack everything else after that. But yeah. obviously if there was structural, but that's proven you know, to work in, in other countries. Absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. it's the, the evidence is out there. And I, yeah, I mean, look at uh, the savagery of y- Ukraine at the moment like it's it's horrendous you know and I think in the Nordics where um, caring has been shared empathy has been fostered and men are no longer hostage to that kind of toxic masculinity and they have been given permission to to care Mm -hmm. um, without it dinting their ego and that's the kind of society I'd like mm. to live in. So going back to the Nordics, though, because I think it's always really interesting when you're having a conversation about, you know, the, the services and facilities that they have, those countries. And then the counter argument is, oh, well, they pay really high like rates of tax. But like, I don't think we're paying a significantly less amount of tax to warrant how bad our public services are by comparison. Um, so... Like, is it a lot of taxpayer money goes into childcare in, in somewhere like Iceland? I know it's you're saying the municipalities, but is it is it fundamentally, ta- you know, uh, funded, funded by the government? By, by the government? Um, well, I guess the municipalities are probably funded by the government and, and I think some self-sustaining as well, um, some self-sustaining revenue. I'm Honestly, I'm not sure what, okay. what the split is, but I do know I was... Um, bedtime reading OECD report on uh, the amount of money, the rates of investment per child in early years education uh, by a European country. And we're not great. We're not great. We're, we're like 11th uh, in terms of the investment per, per annum per child. Um, so we're not spending enough on our children. Yeah. Mm. I know that's when you hear of like, you know, even with Dublin City Council, we're proposing that water raft Park oh, yeah. or whatever, whatever. What was, what was it like? Whitewater the rafting. Whitewater rafting. That yeah. Thankfully, was scrapped. You, know, you just think of like the amount of money that was going into that, mm. and there's like such like crumbling structural problems mm. all around them. Um, okay. Well, anyway, the good news. The good news yeah. is that <laughs> yesterday I was formally elected onto the Dublin Chamber of Commerce. Amazing! Oh, Congratulations! And uh, I'm hoping to join the Labour Activation uh, Workforce, our task force, with a particular view on childcare. Oh my god! So gosh. I will be lobbying for this very subject because I really believe that unless we get it sorted, we can't unlock an equitable workplace for women. And what can we do? In the meantime, is there is it there anything you can like as you're saying lobbying like how what what will that look like kind of what shape will that take? So um, Dublin Chamber uh, make policy submissions to government um, th- through a business lens, 
um, and are widely deemed to be um, a litmus test for societal mood. Um, so, yeah, so it'll, it'll be about shaping policy recommendations for government. And will we here at Roller Coaster, we're totally going to support you. Um, so please keep us up to date on it all because like it is a it's a campaign of ours to um to, you know, get the ball rolling, to make it happen, to we're kind of a we see ourselves as the voice of Irish parents, not just mothers. And it's so it's important. It's a hugely important issue to us and we are so happy to um lobby for it ourselves actually yeah and i think you're you're asking the question what can we do yeah um i think we can ask our employers um oh. to rethink childcare. um and i think we're talking about our voices being heard we're talking about our opinions being listened to um in in the talent uh, economy um, there is a serious skills shortage um and we we can shape the workplaces that are required right now. So um, start asking questions, start talking to people, start seeing what the mood is, make your opinions known. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> like, knock, knock, hello. <laughs> I, have, I have a few questions. <laughs> but um, let me just check what time it is actually. Oh yeah, we're, we're there. Quarter four. Yeah, okay. Um, well, Sonia, thank you so much for coming in My and pleasure. chatting us to, to us today on such an important issue. And I know it's obviously dear to every parent's heart, whether they have school going kids, new babies, older children, everyone has experienced it in some shape or form. And I'm sure they have got a lot of insights from you today. Hope so. So thank you so much again. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. If you enjoyed it, we have so many other amazing episodes for you to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to like us and hit subscribe. Don't forget to tune in again next time. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapors to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The nightlight emits a soft light to help comfort your child and guide you in the room so that you don't disturb your sleeping child. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label.